You are listening to a podcast from Australia's best-known community radio station, 3RRR, 102.7 in Melbourne. As we just part the sitar curtains of your mind, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Is that incense I smell? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I smell patchouli. <laughs> Is that a bit of patchouli? No, it's, uh, it's an extraordinary... Intro today. Welcome to mm. the afternoon three triple R FM. My name is Cam Smith. Across from me, I'm delighted to say it is. I'm Matt Stebbins. A little under the weather today, so if I'm <laughs> coughing and spluttering in the corner of the studio, then do forgive me, Cameron I, and listeners. I didn't even have a time to ask you as to your health because we've been scrambling around uh, getting that edit organised. Why yes. do we do this? Why the Beatles? Uh, why Strawberry Fields? Well. I would say it's it's fairly obvious, and the weird thing is that the one of the inspirations, Matt, mm. for doing this was um, I've got a mug at home which I drink hot beverages out of. It's okay. No, I do. No, I Most do. people have this too. It's good. Uh, it's good. Yeah. It sort of stops it going on the floor. Is it a favourite mug? It's a favourite mug. It's so, red. So this is Cam's mug. So if someone else in the house used oh. this mug... Oh, mate. Woy. Woy. But, it, but it, it evokes another year, man. Okay. Um, specifically the Blitz of uh, World War Two in mm-hmm. London when uh, um, the English were under threat of invasion and... Generally, not really good things happen. No, that's yeah, rather a bit of a poor show. Mm. But the sentiment was great, and I think a lot of us have have taken it and kept it. It was keep calm and carry on. Yes, and and uh, I thought about that, and I thought about we're we're not really where is the resilience in our society? Mm. We've kind of lost a bit of that. Do you agree with that? A bit of toughness, maybe. A bit of toughness, or also even a little bit of Buddhistness of uh, Zen uh, flow around the rock and perspective. We have a problem. Let's yeah, right, flow okay. around it rather than um, throw up our hands. And I thought this is a terrible thing that has happened. There is um, a handful of people have held a whole industry up and some of the people within this industry, mm. strawberry industry, are facing bankruptcy. And surprisingly great losses. Surprisingly easily held up. It, all it seems to take was a few nutbags uh, contaminating some strawberries. Yeah. And I don't know anyone knows uh, how many punnets were contaminated or how many needles have been found, but... Oh, there was some sort of... Well, you know, the media has been so helpful in populating this. Yes. So there is an interactive map. But it's... Mm. Hold up both your hands... Mm. It's maybe about that and a little bit more, and I can just give you a little bit of context of this. Yes. Uh, over five days, Queensland produces 363,000 punnets of strawberries. Say that again. So 363,000. 363,000 punnets. In what time frame? That's, I don't know how many Olympic swimming pools that fills. No. But it, Is that per, per week? Five days. Five days. Five-day period. That's a lot of strawberries. That's a lot of strawberries. So if we look at it, if we look at that as a percentage, mm-hmm. it is, it's virtually nothing. Mm. So I guess um, what I thought that we could do here at 3 RFM, and mm. thank you very, very much for listening to us, is um, I put out the call to yes. my contact list and um, lots of people responded. And I thought what we'll do at the beginning mm-hmm. of this show is we might run through deliciousness personified. Yes. Um, strawberries, these, so, these great things. And is it fair to say that, you know, the point of this is there are some retailers that were even saying, we're not, we're not going to stock them. And, uh, but there's some retailers that even pulled off 
needles yes. off the... God's yes. sake. Now, without wanting to be flippant over the legal obligations of the no. retailer, because they can't, they shouldn't be selling you something, but the danger is so insubscribably low, um, and yes. you can just get around it by chopping them up. So, um, for... For every punnet that goes unsold, you were thinking, well, us foodies, we should get in and support the people who grow and who sell this product and uh, go and buy more of them. But the problem is then, yes, what's you've got all these bloody strawberries. What do you do with them, Cam? Well, I'm glad you asked me that, Matt. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I thank the member for his question. <laughs> and uh, and uh, also, before we, we go on too far, I really want to talk about uh, just a quick aside about the politicians. and. Oh, really? About oh, how, how suddenly... Oh, I, I know that look, man. Is, is this how we can suddenly get a law passed through Parliament to, to extend the punishment for people who contaminate foods within like a week or something? But And, and also maybe gives um, a newly, the you know, the... Where was that skater? The Bradbury of Australian politics? <laughs> yes. Is that the Scott Morrison analogy? Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, a chance to sort of beat his chest and look tough on law and order and maybe deflect from the fact that his party doesn't have a lot of women in it. Yeah. Anyway, no, I'm going on. A, we should stop that. Cause should we, we send some some uh, some contaminated stories to the offshore detention centres? No. Ooh. Oh, man. Oh, no. <laughs> let's then we might let's start caring. That we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll get that in the mix and we'll do it. Okay, yes. so what but we no, have this is done. Good. This is a good thing. We've got um, a lot of recipes. All right, here's what mm. we've done. So we've, we're going to have a, a, a quick look. Maybe what we might do is we might uh, we'll do, finish this intro, yes. do a bit of a cart, and we'll come back with mm. some really, really yummy things that have been suggested. So what I suggest you do is uh, go get yourself um, a, a pad of paper mm-hmm. uh, and a pen, analog mm-hmm. writing implement, or if you mm-hmm. have electronic um, imp- input device. Yep. Uh, you can grab that too. Yep. And um, we will tell you some of the great uh, recipes we've been handed over Yes. for these delectable berries. To what uh, to do with your surplus of strawberries. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it is 12.07. Just also to let you know, last week's show was maybe, as someone pointed out to me, it was a little bit lifestyle orientated. <laughs> Which I don't really? know whether I was being damning with faint praise there or, a, a or little, what. A little bit like those um, those touring tourist TV shows you get on the Sunday before the news. Oh, it, I hope it wasn't bad as that. Magazine-style show? Well, yeah, okay. Well, but what was missing, there was no hard recipes or anything like yes. that. And, boy, are we going to... Uh, we're going to address we that. tone for that? So what we have on the day, we're going to be looking at uh, strawberry fields. Yes. Uh, in, your, in your refrigerator. Uh, we're going to market. We're going to have a chat to John. John's about to take two weeks off, so it's nice. a good thing we caught up with him yes. there, putting his feet up. Nice. He's nice. And then, because it's Equinox time, baby. Ah, it is. Yes, you were saying. Is it... Uh, when is it? it was I thought it was actually today, today at 11 o'clock, but yeah. I think I've been uh, fed some spurious information, so <laughs> right. we'll just let that go. But Diggers Club. Yes. How good are they? They're awesome. A former sponsors of this show and still uh, a business down there on the Monument are doing very... Good things if you want to grow your own food and um, you haven't come across the Diggers Club, you really ought to. And you're going to be finding out a hell of a lot more about that mm. because we have the Seed Queen in. The Seed Queen, Jack Semler. Yes. There she is. Oh, she's waving, going, hi. Yes. I made her a cup of coffee. Coffee good? Yes, coffee good? Yes. Yeah, she's going, yes, right. yes. Yeah. Um, was so it good coffee today? It was thank good. you for my coffee. Oh, it's all right. Pleasure. And thank you for all that sort of stuff too. But uh, we're going to have a chat to um, Jack about... What's well, springtime? Stuff is growing. 
uh, there is that saying, the Royal Melbourne Show is on at the moment. Mm-hmm. This is a time that you need to be planting seeds. What that old thing used to say? It used to say... Well, you say show day for uh, for seeds. Seeds in by show day. Yeah, and uh, seedlings in by cup day. Cup day. Yes. Twelve yes. nine. Nods. Affirmation from the ground. Affirmation. Room. It's time for a cart. Uh, we're going to be coming back with delightful strawberry goodness. Once this works. Once this works. Third try. Wait. Yay. Yeah, too much disco, barely enough. Uh, twelve eleven here on three triple R FM. Yes, the call went out to mm. uh, to the great and good out there in the world of restaurants, in the world of journalism, all that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, and what you have done, you have just worked your little fingers to the bone, mm. tapping away, mm. and you managed to get that up onto our Facebook. Yeah, so page. if you go to the uh, Eat It Facebook page, which you could probably find just by Googling or just by searching for hey, Eat It. people could read along. They could. Hey, And also, uh, whilst you're there, just like the page, why not? Yeah, why not? Um, <laughs> but we have on there probably, what, 20 or 30-odd suggestions from people about town and the food industry as to how to best use your strawberries. So if you've got a few sitting in there that you've purchased because you want to support the industry, what do you want to do with them? Well, we've got some ideas. One of the first things that seems to be great about a strawberry is you just treat the damn things um, kind of simply. Mm. Um, and the first one I really want to make acknowledgement of is that uh, there is this great uh, tradition mm. uh, bemoaned by some politicians because they really say that because of this tradition people aren't getting into the housing market, which is an overt simplification of the <laughs> yes, issue. One not, could say, yes, just a little but bit. don't get me started on that. So this is the whole smashed avo uh, sort is. of principle, yes. Um, but um, what if we do it in a Dutch way? <laughs> Don't laugh. Joost Baker. Let's, let's go Dutch. Joost. Joost says, yes. and he says he's been doing it from uh, since a kid, uh, is strawberries crushed with a fork onto toast and smothered in sugar. Mm-hmm. Maybe, I don't know if you want to do the smothering. But, um, yeah, put some, some, some sugar on that. And uh, also, um, I love uh, macerating. You know the difference between a maceration and infuse, infusion? Uh, is a maceration where you smoosh the thing that you're putting in there, so you squish it to get some stuff out of it? No heat. No heat? Oh, I didn't Infusion is you, you have heat. Maceration right. is you do it at room temperature. So if you macerate yeah. your uh, your strawberries, mm. here's Rita Ehrlich. Uh, Rita Ehrlich. Who's Rita Ehrlich? Rita Ehrlich, uh, doyen of food critics, uh, mm. was one of the great Helms people. Helmsman, no bugger, just don't worry about it. Let's just not get hung up. Age good food guide. Yes. Um, she says, strawberries in a big bowl, sprinkle of caster sugar, juice of a blood orange. Mm-hmm. Spooky spaghetti. That sounds really good. They're in season now. You put in some of the grated zest. You stir that gently, leave for an hour or so, serve with whipped cream, and you can use navel or Valencia oranges, and you could if you had to. Forget about the cream. Very simple, wonderfully refreshing. Mm. Cheers, says Rita. Um, another one of the ones uh, that is a bit of a classic, mm. pairing, shall we say? Yes. You've heard about the uh, agridolce. Can ag- you do agridolce, can <laughs> you? It's sweet, it's sour, it's like a metaphor for life, right? You right, with me? Yeah. Yeah, well, anyway, sorry. <clears throat> I, I went on with that. But um, my point is that mm. strawberries can be sweet. Yes. Vinegar 
is sour. Yes. Balsamic vinegar is sort of sweet and sour. It can be and syrupy too if you get the good and syrupy stuff. too. Ooh. So you put a little bit. Don't go too much because otherwise yeah. then it becomes just a bit nasty mm. and your eyes water. Mm. <laughs> but also pepper. Yes. Pepper with strawberries is a spooky spaghetti kind of thing. Yes. That kind of works. So um, that's uh, one that I really really like. There's a couple here who have suggested pepper. So uh, Guy Grossi, uh, he goes sav- oh, savoury with it. Yeah, okay. Uh, and he says, I love savoury flavours, don't we all? So what he does at home is he gets some buffalo ricotta, some strawberries, of course, cracked pepper and balsamic vin- vinegar. And he reckons you can actually do that as a starter or a finisher. You could either have it as a dessert or a little tiny palate cleanser at the start. Top or tail. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which way you want to go? Um, in proving uh, that... Uh, Oh, and um, and, and so and uh, just to emphasise your point, George Byron also uh, responded. Uh, with Classic, with pretty much the same sort of suggestion. So strawberries with black pepper and real balsamic vinegar. One of the great minds of food, and also the uh, ex proprietor of Bray <laughs> in yes. uh, up there. Uh, another favourite of mine, which I I thought just sounds great because mm-hmm. it involves uh, champagne. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nikki Rima. Uh, from Bellotto, if you haven't been there, down in Bank Street. In South Melbourne, yes. Oh, God, have a pasta. It'll make you cry. Mm. Oh, really, it will. They do also, just while we're plugging, they do um, free wine tastings at the <laughs> Prince Wine Store just next door there. So if you, if you pop down on a Saturday, mm. you can uh, stick your nose into a couple of glasses of some nice red. Can do well there. Mm. Anyway, she says, my favourite is a classic strawberries and cream. But mm. <laughs> toss your strawberries in a teeny bit of icing sugar and champagne. <laughs> Or sparkling or Prosecco, you know. Yeah. What you got. Yeah. You don't need much. Just a splash. Yeah. Just to give the berries a bubbly sweet zing. Mm. Spoon them into chilled glass bowls. Chilled glasses from the freezer is a fine thing. Mm-hmm. Top your champagne strawberries with whipped cream that have been whipped with a touch of vanilla sugar. Now, another thing, vanilla and strawberries... Mm. Cliché time, match made in heaven. Now, I just like doing this to see Matt wince because he loves my use of cliché. Um, in your cream, just pour me your whip, it's delicious. Serve immediately. Um, and the great thing is uh, that you have an open bottle of champagne to go with it. Yes. I think that's very clever. Yes. Adam Bant came up with something. Can you? He did so. Well, um, that Adam. G'day, Adam, if you're listening. <laughs> sorry for slagging off politicians earlier, Adam. Yeah, yeah sorry, uh, mate. Adam Bant, member for hey. Melbourne. Uh, he suggests, you basically it's simple. You just blend them or macerate them. Macerate. Uh, stick them in a champagne glass and then guess what you do with the rest of the champagne glass? You, 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 you tip it down your gullet. You put the champagne in the glass. So it, it's just... It puts the champagne... No, stop that. No, it's strawberries and champagne, which is, again, a classic match, um, but none the better for being very well used. Mm. Mm. I got in touch with Philippe Michel, one mm. of the great... Uh, well, he's probably a finest French chef, wouldn't he? He's up there. Yes, he's up there. He's up there. He's up there. Yes. Um, and there's... Did you post those photos? Uh, no, I didn't. Did I mean, not. I can dig them out, though. Oh, maybe them. we'll do that. But, um, yeah, he's, he's actually... He was saying, yeah, actually, I'm doing some work. He was doing... A photo shoot at the time yes. to help farmers, and he was posting stuff oh, cool. with that thing in mind. So, mm. Philippe, bravo to you. Um, and he did a, what's it, almond and strawberry blanc manger, sorbet and meringue. So, it's a mixture of strawberries, um, some very uptown-looking meringue, some ice cream. It looks kind of good, I would say to you, probably if you go into Michel's restaurant mm. off Collins Street. Mm-hmm. Um, and you should if you haven't already. Um, and you can have that. Dan Hunter. 
current proprietor of Bray. Current proprietor of Bray yes. has gone. Um, He's taken a tangent, which I was sort of, I was hoping he would, and he did, and he didn't disappoint. Um, he said at this time of year, a great thing to do, uh, with a, is a strawberry jun tea. It's sort of like kombucha, but made with green tea and raw honey rather than black tea and sugar. Jun requires a mother that you can purchase from Sharon and Roger at the, uh, fermentary. God bless you, Sharon Flynn. Um, and they give you a recipe too. Once the first fermentation has occurred, you can add the strawberries. Kick off a second fermentation, and in a couple of days, you've got a delicious probiotic beverage for sipping in the spring afternoon sunshine. See how he evokes that? Yeah. That was an evocation. I wonder if it was sunny when he wrote that out there in Birgar. Well, he actually nice sent me a world. smiley, uh, no, a sunshine emoticon. Oh, good. Here's some sunshine. I sent him one right back and said, thank you very, very much. Um, Can I pick out one of my faves? Yes. Um, this was from a good friend of the show, Pierre Roloffs. Um, oh, this was awesome. And he yes. reckons, I love a combination of chopped up strawberries, small cubes of Turkish delight, yes. a fine chiffonade of basil, a tiny bit of icing sugar, and a squeeze of lemon juice. He reckons that goes great with uh, Greek yogurt or vanilla, vanilla ice cream. But yeah, the idea of Turkish delight... Um, and a little bit of basil. Basil can go really well with strawberries. Scotty Pickett said he likes to have a strawberry smoothie and he adds a couple of basil leaves to his. Yep. Just just a little bit. You wouldn't yeah, no, too much. Hey, hey. Or the basil no, you'd be like, take over. Holy hell. <laughs> and that's um and that's the thing. Balance and harmony is uh is what we're all about. Uh what else have we got? We'll do maybe a couple more and then mm. we'll throw and we might go to market after this. Uh what have I got here? Oh, Andrew McConnell. Mm. Um He's just put a version of Strawberries Romanoff on the uh, menu at Cutler & Co. The strawberries are served with a wedge of rum barber. Isn't mm. that a rum barber? Sort of a yeast, sweet yeast yes. cake. Yes, Soaked in rum. Mm. <laughs> Soaked in rum, are we? Sorry. Um, yes, and creme fraiche ice cream, which sounds great. But getting back to, uh, we were talking about uh, Pierre Roloff. Thank mm. you, Pierre, for that. The idea of strawberries and rose um, works because they're kind of they're in the same family. Mm. The rose and the strawberries are yes. are related. Yes. Uh, and if you haven't got um, the ability to just produce Turkish delight, no, no, most people don't have the time to you go. Could, and make. Okay, two things you mm. can do: you could go and get yourself a Fry's um, Turkish delight bar, mm. chop it up. Yeah, that's a cooking term. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I think if you and were, let um, it mingle, or yeah. sorry, let me just very yes. quickly rose water, just a little bit of rose water, you could macerate. Because you might also might find a lot of delis have a little little bit of Turkish delight stashed away somewhere out the back. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I could go out the back and have a <laughs> look. <laughs> Turkish delight. Oh no, the cat ate it. Yes. Yeah, oh well. Um, and what else? I think that's probably about it. But the, the takeaways there, I would say to you, Cameron, is A, obviously go and um, support the strawberry industry whilst some nutbags are trying to just destroy it. And don't give into it. No. That, this is, maybe this is the, the, do you mind if I take the ball and run with Please. it? Please. I have. I, I, you, I don't know if you were, <laughs> you were hand passing to me, but we can be better than this. Mm. You know, um, and we, as a society, we need to be more resilient and not be held to ransom. And people certainly take a bath. I mean, you mm. know, I, I, you know, and we go, well, people are going bankrupt. Yeah, they, maybe for some they are, mm. but just and just the whole thing of just 
digging your crops in or letting it rot is just, it's mm. anathema to us, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's horrendous. Yeah, it's horrendous. Life's hard enough as a primary producer. So go and buy some strawberries. That's it. And, um, and maybe get on, and for the supermarkets that haven't put them back on the shelf, now, now might be the time. Yes, I would agree. Oh, and the other thing, if you're really freaked out, of course, uh, I've just fail-safe type yeah. way to do it. Egg slices, if you've got one of those. Yes. Just whack your strawberry in there. Yeah. Or can you use a knife? Just cut it in half. Yeah, mate. Well, just maybe cut it in a fork. Yeah, yeah, anyway. But, yeah, cut it. Sliced strawberries are beautiful. Yeah. And um, I think we can move on from that. It we is can. 12.22. I was going to plug, though, if you want to look at any of those ideas again or some more that we haven't mentioned, just go to the Facebook page. Eat it uh, on Facebook. Just search for it. You'll find us. Triple R logo, and uh, they are all up there. Thanks to everyone who provided their suggestions. Thank you to you all, and acknowledgements to Matt Stedman, who uh, not only put together Strawberry Fields as a as a mix for the start, <laughs> uh, but it was your uh, idea was uh, was cursing Zuckerberg for the oh, yeah, for the unease oh, of being God. able to do that. Why is it so hard? So thanks, Mark. Yeah, good one. Thanks, Zucks. Yeah. Uh, some music, I think, Cameron. Oh, you've I've... picked this from the vaults, should I say? I have, and it's mm. uh, it's a, it's a little bit. Uh, oh, I've got it started with the. Uh... But it ends. The only thing we have to fear mm. is fear itself. Mm. Think about that. Yeah, although there's a lot of people that wouldn't want you to <laughs> think about that. <laughs> think about that, folks. Sunday, mm. get some strawberries. Yeah, if you can't see any. Say so why not? Mm. Get some strawberries. Yes. Uh, Twelve twenty-eight <laughs> here on Three Triple R FM. I think it is time to go across to the Queen Victoria Market, where we have a chat to John. Well, look, it's been a big chat about strawberries this morning, John. But um, before we 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 uh, we do move on to other things, spring, of course. Oh. What's your favourite thing to do with a strawberry? Strawberries, strawberries and cream, strawberries and ice cream on mm. oh, my mother's beautiful sponge cake. Oh. What a better way to have a strawberry. All right, so just keep it simple, cut them up, and, hey, we've been through this. We're at the market, though, and there's a few bods around. Yeah, a little bit of a buzz, not real much, but we'll get oh, there. Oh, the buzz, you know where the buzz is today, you know where they all are? They are all lined up for strawberry jam donuts. Oh, good! Yeah, yeah there's, there was like it was way down to Louis' old. Um... It's it's been like that for a few weeks because a little bit of cold weather, yeah. and everyone comes for the jam donuts oh. with a strawberry jam in it when it's um, cold. I wonder how it works. It's sort of like the bratwurst, the borek, and the donut is sort of like the staple big three of the of the fast food here. I reckon. Oh, definitely. My dad's been doing it for 72 years, and he still loves his jam donut when, with oh, his coffee when I bring him one. Really? So, yeah. Okay. And some say that you get um, you get yours for half price. Uh, family price. Ah, even better, which is just here you have them. Anyway, okay, so we're at the market. Um, I think looking around us, it, it really has clicked into spring. Oh, wow, look at the trees over there are green now. The not, plane trees. That not are... just the trees. If you... Um, Go along some of the roads, you can see all the beautiful uh, trees in flower. Yeah. And then you see the old armour tree here and there, and you get that beautiful pink blush. Yep. Makes you feel alive again, the even though it's have, a dreary day today. Yeah, and the roses have sprung to life, all the bulbs are popping. And this is, okay, autumn's a beautiful time of year because it's sort of relief from the summer, I think. I sort of feel, and you can have cool nights to sleep, but things revive and they become alive so um what, what are you seeing around at the moment that uh, that you love well have you had just, any asparagus yet 
Definitely. This is a happy and sad time in here. Sad because we've said goodbye to some things like Brussels sprouts and... Yeah, they're done. They're done. They're done, finished. And and things like that. But happy because we've got beautiful fresh broad beans. They're down $8 today. Eight? Yep. Couple of weeks. More than half. Couple of weeks, they'll be five or six dollars a kilo. Yep. And when you have them in a bag, you open a bag and have a smell, you can smell spring. And then you open them up and there's beautiful little beans inside that are nice and juicy. Mm. And we're lucky that we're still getting peas and beans out of Gympie, out of Queensland. Uh, They come down by truck and uh, they're very, very fresh. Cauliflower's dime a dozen, but when you have a look at them, they're so tight and heavy and white. You'll probably get two to three meals out of a cauliflower for two fifty-three dollars. So that's a bit of a go this week at home. Although we always eat collie. You know what I did the other day? Tell me. Oh, actually, last night. What am I talking about? Um, I roasted the whole cauliflower. Yeah, someone oh. else was telling me that they they like to throw it into the boiling hot water, yeah. pull it out, yeah. put it on a baking tray, yeah. and then go from there. And there's so many ways you can do it. All right, so I massaged it with lots of olive oil, smoked paprika, fresh thyme, I think some Cajun spices I had there. Anyway, just rub that in there. Cumin. Yeah. Cumin. Takes cumin really, really well. Serve it up uh, drizzled with tahini and pomegranate. Sounds good. Oh, it's just amazing. It, it becomes a centerpiece. Uh, so anyway, I can say that uh, it's been something that's been kind of trendy, probably one of the most photographed vegetables in the last while, but it really, really works. And I would say, if anything, I put it in the boiling water a little bit too long, so pull it back maybe 10, 12 minutes. Yeah, Frank has been doing something very similar, but much more simpler. Mm. She's been slicing it into half-inch thick steaks and just drizzling it with olive oil and garlic, salt and pepper and shoving it in the oven. Yeah. And it comes a beautiful golden brown colour. Oh. You could always put a little bit of tomato on the top or on the side, a bit of crummy mm. bread crumbs as well. Capers. Crisp it up. Capers, Capers as well. Walnuts. But we, yeah, yeah. We do, I like to keep it a little bit more simple. Actually, and you probably wouldn't put walnuts at the beginning because they'll just turn into these <laughs> terrible, uh, uh, bitter, acrid sort of uh, things that yeah, aren't very, very yeah. good. Um, all right, so uh, what, we, what did you say? So broad beans are awesome. Broad beans are awesome. Beans are awesome. Beans are awesome. Uh, we've still got a little bit of citrus happening with the mandarins. Oh, and there's stuff a lot like of that. citrus happening out there. Blood They're, oranges are amazing. Yeah, yeah. I bought um, two boxes, you know, over three weeks. Mm. And the first box was small. And when you cut them in half, they were as black as. And they complained that they were too strong and this and that. But they made a special juice. But yeah. well, when I bought the second box, they were bigger. I cut them in half, not as dark. And then I said, oh, I think the other ones were better. So, you know, yeah, good, you yeah. can't keep them happy all the time. But get out there and have a blood orange and fennel salad. Oh, yes, beautiful. Because the fennel at the moment are huge. This is They're huge. nice and juicy. Sicilian roots coming through, mate. Well, not my Sicilian roots because I went from the middle of the boot. But, yeah, yeah we, we got we got distant rallies down here too. But that's very Sicilian, isn't it? Oh, definitely. Yeah, and, yeah. and, you know, you can... Slice a little bit of fresh salad onion in here. Not the red ones, the white ones that have still got the tails on it. You said asparagus before. We sold them $16 a kilo this week, Mm. which is uh, a fair price because I think we sold it through summer last year at that price. It's a lot of work. These are are hand-selected. There's no white on them. They're export quality. That's what they normally put in a box to send to Japan. So we've got the money here. We keep them here. You can pay $5 a kilo as well. You've got to cut a third off. They're crooked. They might have sand burn on them. Buy the prettier ones. 
just cut them in half, give them a, a quick dip in hot water and um, serve them up crunchy. Or I like to cook, cook them at a little bit longer. Or if I get lucky, she fries them and does an omelette does for me. Does the omelette, oh, my God, yeah. Or my, one of my favourites is salt, pepper, olive oil, and a little grating of parmigiana on top, a little bit of grana on top. Yeah, You're sounds good to me, expensive mate. stuff. Yeah, but life's short. Hey, I know. I know. Life's short. You can use expensive stuff. Come on. Because it's not something you're going to do every day, so you've got to spoil yourself often. All right, I'm going to give pick of the market in two secs, but I've just spied across there. There they are. Northern Territory mangoes. Oh, Ten yeah. Cents and I can tell you, I've had a food already. They're good. They're eating yeah. well, I've heard. They're, they're 3 50 today. They're 50 a little bits? bit bigger and greener, but I picked up some the other day for $3. There on the corner, look right. Yeah. And they were red. Oh, sorry, ripe yes. and juicy, fragrant, yeah. and they'd barely got in the door when I got it home, so that's how good they were. So, you know, it's coming, summer's coming. All right, pick of the market. Pick of the market, like I said, collie, broad beans, asparagus, mm. you name it, it's here. Our tomatoes at the moment are very crunchy and juicy. We had a couple of slow weeks when it was really cold and the tomatoes weren't as good as, but still special. Mm. Today they're spectacular. Uh, my customers bought extra because I'm having a two-week break, so they're going to go oh, home and have a quiet time. Oh, okay, quiet time. Sorry, and yes. Make pizza and pasta and stuff like that. What avocados are good at the moment? I saw these. Um, the reeds are around. See those uh, little Has. blackies over there? They've been special, and they've been cheap because they must. I think there's been a real a lot of them this year. Yeah, well, see, the lucky thing is we get them from all over Victoria and New South Wales and. Queensland and even New Zealand when we're desperate. So mm. sometimes you might have um, them coming from everywhere. So the market's full, the price is down, yeah. and we eat more. Happy, happy. All right, well, look, I'm going to get out of here. Yeah. Uh, thanks, as always. Have a great time uh, in the very, very special John chair with the feet up, uh, being served food for, by your, your wonderful wife. Yes, I will. It's I'll make happen. the most of it. Yes, it'll happen. Woo-hoo. All right. Uh, we'll see you in a couple of weeks, John. Thank oh, you very, very much. Nice talking to you. Have a lovely day, everybody. Uh, thank you, John. Have a wonderful holiday, my friend. Um, subscribers. Mm. Recent subscribers. Uh, oh, and sorry, just to cut across your bow, but we oh, should say... My bow has been cut. It has. If you uh, did subscribe during uh, the Radiothon, but you haven't what paid up... must one do? You must pay up by the end of... Well, 5pm on Wednesday. Otherwise, um, you won't get in the running for the prizes, which is no good. And here's one now. Mm. Uh, the Bee Sustainable Hamper. Bee Sustainable is an independent store in Brunswick focusing on small-scale beekeeping, bread, and yep. cheese production. Check. Check. We have a Bee Sustainable Hamper to give away, which includes... Three times varieties of honey. That's three varieties. I've just read the X. I'm being too literal. I must learn better. I must do better. Uh, So, yeah, three varieties of honey, beeswax and olive oil, an assortment of beeswax, candles, soap, and more. You were saying you looked at this shit and you said, wow, that's a good-looking hamper. Oh, good look at that. Yeah, Yeah, it's a good-looking hamper. And it's covered in plastic, so it's protected from the rain and elements. (laughs) It's good. If it rains, you'll be fine. Yeah, my honey's soggy. No, not this one. If you're a Triple R subscriber and yes. you'd like a hamper, where are you people? Come on, where are your digits going? There we go, three. Uh, you'd like a hamper, give us a call on 9388 We've got one hamper to give away. From the good folks of those at, phones. Uh, the good folks at B Sustainable. B what? as in B-E-E, the pun and the play on words. Yeah? Puns aren't very good when you have to explain them. Well, it's just, yeah, okay. B-E-E. Yes, sustainable. That was a pun. 
Yeah. Yeah, anyway, they have uh, beekeeping, bread and cheese-making supplies, equipment, workshops to get you started. Uh, and uh, the Bee Sustainable is a .com.au thing. Ah. So, uh, so when you put it into Google, don't forget how many E's do we put in? Two E's, because it's the, the insect B. Give us a ring, 93881027. You must be a subscriber. And the question, everyone's ringing. You don't have the question yet. Cam has prepared a question for I you. I have prepared a question, and uh, and this is uh, going to be perfect for our next guest, Jack, who, mm. of course, is the seed queen. And she will actually say this to you, that mm. uh, we shouldn't really use too many pesticides in our gardens, and one is particularly nasty towards bees. Starts with leather letter N. Yes, and it's the family we are funky kind for. of family name. So while you do that, uh, and before we get Jack in, we have a little tale from Rai Kuda about yes. a poor old bugger who walks into a restaurant with just a simple request. It's only simple. Yeah, go to Ballarat now. No, stay here, stay here. No, listen to the radio. Uh, 12.43 here on 3 Triple RFM. Congratulations to... I was going to say that was a tricky question, Cam. You had a few people stumped, but you didn't well, have... it was not that tricky. You didn't stump Jane. Jane no. picked it up and... Jane uh, And do you want to just re-ask the question? So what family of pesticides... Um, so, yeah, what f- family of pesticides should you avoid? Because, um, well... It kills bees. Mm. Uh, the answer being... I can't say it. Nicotinoids. Yeah, nicotinoids. Uh, they're they're the ones uh, in uh, macerations, infusions of the tobacco plant, I would say. Mm. Um, and that is a great... Uh, so congratulations to Jane. Yes. Uh, for those that uh, didn't know that, um, well, that's the fact. So have a look in the back of your garden. If you've got anything that contains nicotinoids, I would say do not put it on your garden because, well, we need the bees... We don't get bees. We don't get a lot of pollination. Uh, but someone who knows about that is the Seed Queen at Diggers Club uh, <laughs> all over the place. Uh, my focus is uh, on Heronswood, but uh, Jack will tell us about all the other properties. 40 years of Diggers Club. Welcome to the microphones of 3 Triple R. Excellent. Thanks. It's so great to be here at the start of spring. Oh, here we are. Now, when was Equinox? Was that yesterday? Oh, yeah, just on the weekend, yeah. It yeah. was? Yeah. So, so happy Equinox. Equinox. Oh, thank you. Thank you. An excellent mark of the season to start. Oh, it, it is. And um, I suppose what we should do, uh, first of all, let's nail our colours to the mast and maybe just uh, as a bit of an explanation, what is... The Diggers Club. Here we go. Your first is an easy handball. (laughs) (laughs) So the Diggers Club is Australia's largest garden club. We really pride ourselves. We've turned 40 this year. We've really championed heirloom seeds and rare plants, things that really suit Australian gardeners, especially vegetables that have flavour, that are rare, things that you're not going to see anywhere else, green tomatoes, purple carrots, a huge diversity of wonder. It's a huge diversity of wonder. You know, that, I can't agree more. I mean, um, years and years ago, um, just as by example, we, we have sort of these two competing things in our, in our lives. One is the, the ones that the, the market wants to foist upon us, um, mm. for various reasons. And mm. there's, there's no greater example of that than the tomato. Oh, and, absolutely. and and the thing, oh, look, that was great. Jack, I rolled her over. Ah, can we talk? Can we talk? But the the thing that used to get tomato growers excited was that if you held a tomato out at arm's length and dropped it and it didn't break, that made a tomato grower very, very excited as they shipped tons and tons of them to the supermarkets. 
Not diggers. No, no, we don't want a tomato that's going to bounce. We want one no. that tastes delicious, <laughs> that has flavour, that, you know, has certain attributes that you want to cook and use at home. Mm. I, I remember uh, the very – now, what did I grow? First, revelations from diggers, the green zebra. Mm. Well, can you describe the green zebra for people? Well, it's incredible. It's one of those beautiful green tomatoes, so yeah. you don't actually wait to ripen to red. It actually is mature in its green form, and it has all these delicate stripes on its side, and it's got like a zingy kind of unique flavour. So it has the tomato flavour, but it's just got that little extra something there it's, too. It's a li- even a little, maybe a touch more acid and, yeah. and zingy acid too. The other one, which... Uh, I'd never had before was um, Matt. Have you had a yellow tomato? I've had a yellow tomato, but probably not the one you're talking about. No. Yeah. Okay. Well, mm. um, but yeah, yellow tomatoes. Oh yes, so many kinds. Oh. Um, beans, yellow pear, um, little currants that are all golden yellow, and Tommy Toe, one of the the, the big ones, the big ones. Beautiful in, red. It may be small, but it's big in flavour. Absolutely. It <laughs> punches above its weight. You. Why am I doing this today? Sorry. Maybe it was that coffee before. That's, um, um, but Tommy Toe is, uh, did that come out top of the, top of the toms? Oh, absolutely. I it think did, it, it? it's the standard that we judge all our tomatoes against. It's got really? that classic tomato flavor. We do lots of trials of different varieties, make sure that yes. our, our varieties are still up to standard. They for stack flavor. up. Absolutely. Yes. And it's what we judge everything else against. Yes. Yeah, uh, and the Tommy Toe is great. And it was just an interesting um, thing that I'm reading in something which I recommend to all our listeners: the Diggers' Forty Years of the Best Garden Ideas. And uh, one thing that here we go. It just um, QED. It just shows it. Um, the flavour saver tomato. Boo, yes. Um, that was one of the first uh, genetically modified um, uh, tomatoes. Came out in 1994. And beautifully written here, I don't know who wrote this, and said, uh, Matt, you'll kind of like this, designed to incorporate a slow-ripening gene that would allow picking a vine-ripe fruit, it tasted like kerosene (laughs) (laughs) and failed to win consumer acceptance and was withdrawn way back in 1997. Praise Jesus. (laughs) That sounds like a Clive Blasey quote to me. Yeah, it does. Who's Clive? He's our founder, so him and his wife, Penny. The helmsman. Yes, absolutely. He Mm. started it all from a tin shed 40 years ago. Hmm. Yeah, and now now look at us. We're sending seeds nationwide. Really? And internationally too? Did you send any overseas? No, not really to customers, that. but we've, we're very connected with the Global Seed Saving Network. So there's amazing um, little organisations like us in the States and elsewhere that are doing their best to save and preserve some of these rare varieties. And this, let's just stop and and just maybe just think on that for a bit because you sort of go... Two words together, man. Seed saver. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, yeah, what's yeah, all well, well, yeah, Anybody want a pint? You know, sort of thing like that. <laughs> and yet, the whole idea is you are keeping a lineage alive mm. and it is like a continuous line. Oh, yes. Is it not? And yes. you, you can't let that line break because otherwise, like the red celery that was shown mm. in one of the plates here. Mm. Sorry, I'm tapping on that. Um, was shown that it's gone and it's gone for good. 
Incredible. Yeah, that's exactly true. So heirlooms have been passed down from gardener to gardener over generations. Yes. And to keep going, they need to continue to be passed down. They this thread cannot be snipped. No, not at all. Otherwise, we've lost some of that gorgeous diversity that is so important, so mm. important for our food security. Yeah. So how, how do you do that? Because, I'm, you know, we're looking at you, and you, you are a national treasure, Yes, in that you are keeping lines that are genera no millennia mm. old. Us no generations. Millennia is probably getting yeah. You're going yeah. Don't you know? Don't uh, gild the the rose or whatever it is. Um, but you are doing it. So how do you do that? And then how do you pick the ones which are ripe for preserving? Yeah. So we excuse yeah. my pun. Yeah. So we use a network. We've got national network of growers that grow. Seeds and continue to, um, you know, grow them and pass them down through the generations so that we can actually put them into packets and sell them to some beautiful gardeners out there. Mm. And um, we make sure that they're grown each season or grown over time and work with other growers internationally as well to keep growing and keep holding on to those generations. So it's really quite an incredible business when you think of it that way. It's an extraordinary mm. thing and... So you are populating this thing continuously. There's an example way up at the Northern Hemisphere in the permafrost of frozen genetic specimens. So they're sort of doing the same thing, but this is sort of like the the doomsday vault, isn't it? Yes, that incredible um, seed bank in Iceland. In that's, Iceland, that's, that's right. That's one way of of, of storing, doing it. of saving seeds and that's storing That's sort of in it. case of emergency yeah. break glass. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> but there's other ways, like if it's actually a, a growing thing, if gardeners actually purchasing heirloom seeds and growing them, that naturally leads to production happening. It means that it's not a static mm. kind of seed bank. It's actually an active one where our whole community is part of that. And and dare I say it, that what you are doing is you are participating in an endeavour that has sort of happened, which defines us as a civilization, which is agriculture, which is, what, 4,000 years old? Mm. It's a long time. Yes. A yeah. couple of generations anyway. And so, yeah, this is the great thing. And also, dare I say it, by being involved in a, in a thing like diggers, is you are empowering yourself. It's almost, in a way, a political act. I do believe it is political when you you actually have control over your food system. So when you've got control over the food, the food that you're eating, you know where it comes from, Mm -hmm. it is a political act. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, Diggers is is proud of that, that, you know, that our members are out there empowered to grow their own food, that they actually have some control over their food system and they're choosing things that suit them and their lifestyle. They're choosing things with attributes that haven't come from a multi, you know, corporation, multinational corporation that aren't owned by big companies and conglomerates that might not have their interest at heart. Yeah, they might want to foist upon you something, a bulletproof um, uh, tomato that tastes like kerosene. (laughs) Because why? Well, no, because it makes us money. You know, that's it's a different imperative and you can be a part of it. Now, I take it you work very, very hard doing this uh, in the gardens around uh, Heronswood and St. Erith. Where's that? Where's St. Erith? And oh, I still haven't yes. been there. Out in Blackwood, it's a gorgeous little magic garden that's in central Victoria. And yes. we're also up at Cloud Hill in the Dandenongs as well. So I would suggest what you do is go to Diggers if you haven't got a catalogue join and, and, and get one of those. Yes. Um, but I'm just wondering, 
have you got your own little garden at home? So, you know, you, do you bring your work home, I guess is what oh, I'm trying to get to. I'm a, I have to admit, I'm a garden tragic. Yes. I spend every hour before I go to work and when I get back to work growing, I think I'm growing 30 different kinds of tomatoes and 20 different kinds of eggplants this season and I couldn't be happier. Wow. Okay. And I guess what we've got about six minutes left in the, the show. What I, First of all, I'd love to sort of say, what are your greatest hits, the things that you can't live without now that you know that they exist and that you're also keeping their lineage going. Mm, mm. So I am a real fan of some of our Australian heirlooms, like there's this gorgeous Australian butter bean that is just delicious. Mm. It is so nice. I grow it every season. And I'm what a, is a butter bean? So butter beans are those yellow beans? Yeah, nice, yes. gorgeous yellow beans, mm-hmm. almost reminiscent of having them tossed in butter. Yes. So delicious. And also Australia is globally known for some of our blue skin pumpkin varieties. They're, oh, I like it. Yeah, that's something mm. that we've actually Contributed to and the we eat them. Oh God, delicious! Yeah. Sometimes you need an axe to get into them, but yes. they're well worth it. <laughs> I remember once getting a thing called it was like a hybrid, um, a, a potkin, where someone had hybridised a potato uh, with uh, like a Queensland bluey type thing, a blue skin pumpkin, and it was quite dry, but it had beautiful flavour. And, yeah, you almost needed sort of like a, um, a sledgehammer and a couple of wedges <laughs> to sort of get into yeah. the thing. Yeah. So, okay, so that's um, that's butter beans and pumpkins, tomatoes. Which ones are you looking oh. forward to? Well, I'm, I love doing a whole range of them. One of my favourites is the Granny's Throwing Tomato. It's a Periformer Bruzy. So not only, you know, Periformer can Periformer Bruzy, is that what it, if it hits Granny? <laughs> No, it's no. for grannies to throw, particularly oh, our politicians. Oh, wow. So this yeah. is the... Okay, yeah. Yeah, so it's got this Why gorgeous... Why is it called granny thrower? Well, it's got a thin skin and it does make a really good splat. Splat? <laughs> oh, really? Granny thrower? Yeah, but I also... Because it's got that thin skin and gorgeous flavoursome flesh, it makes the best posadas or any kind of sauces yeah, or right. things like that. So I'm a sucker for them. And I love the Wispinican um, peach tomato so it's quite unusual it's almost furry like a, the skin of a peach yeah so flavorsome and it's got a little bit of pest resistance there because of that furry skin so something it's, unusual it's, to it try resists uh, proboscises of insects yes those little piercing sucking insects yeah. that are in your garden uh-huh. yeah Screw you. do you still have um <laughs> is it what was it called mortgage mortgage lifter yeah because that's, that's a that's that's interesting thing where you have this great tail mm. that it comes with a tomato you heard this one matt I have not. Oh, please. Many, many years ago, Radiator Charlie, a mechanic in, Radiator Charlie. You know, in the Midwest <laughs> in America, yeah. um, created this gorgeous tomato, big beefsteak tomato, high yielding. Yes. And he would sell them on a roadside stall for a dollar a piece. And mm. within six years, cleared his mortgage that was so productive and yep. so delicious that there was such a demand that he just cleared that. And so we've, we've still, you know, retained that. We've retained that. And there was another thing, on the, I don't know where this was true about the story, but apparently Radiator Charlie um, had his uh, garage or his automotive thing at the bottom of a very, very, very steep hill. So a lot of the times travellers who'd be coming through, the brakes would fail and they'd have to stop and get the can. Oh, and by the way, we've got these great tomatoes. <laughs> it was such a weird sort of confluence of... Yeah. Anyway, so, but that's the thing when you get into that, you get into passionate people um, and human endeavour... And this is the thing. It's it's of 
every person's endeavour um, that that underpins the success and the interest in the Diggers Club, yes? Yeah, absolutely. We wouldn't be there if there wasn't a whole community of passionate gardeners out there that want to grow unusual things, that yeah. are looking for gorgeous perennials, that are looking for heirloom apples, things like that. It's really come from the community in that way. Yeah, and you can be part of this community. All you need to do is to go to Diggers, um, Google it, you'll go there and um, you will see great photos, um, great ideas and a great ethos, I think, is is the main thing. And um, anything else you want to say in conclusion of Diggers? Well, I think it's a it's a great time of year. So our founder, Clive Blazy, is currently on a national tour releasing this book. So he's going to be in Melbourne at the Fitzroy Nursery on the 6th of October. So a great time to go and, you know, see him understand some of the ideas that we're discussing. If you're a member, it's a great time to come along. Mm. And also, like, it is it is the perfect time to get cracking in your garden right now. You know, spring is the perfect season to kind of come out of your hibernation and get into it. And we're here to help. So if you want to come to workshops, if you want information on how to get started, all those beginners out there, you can do it. Like, get into it. Oh, motivating. Sounds good. Um, there's been a bit, a bit of a theme, hasn't there, today, Matt? Yeah. Yeah. Don't be frightened. Keep calm. Yes. Carry on. Yes. And uh, get some strawberries into you. We've got some recipes. Don't forget there's that Facebook uh, page that we did, isn't there, Matt? Mm, just uh, search for Eat It on Facebook and you'll see us. Click on that. You'll see all those recipe suggestions. Some are very brief, some are quite long. Yeah, that's great. Um yeah, and, but they're, hopefully they're all inspiring. Jack, thank you very, very much for coming in. All hail, diggers, all strength to your arm, and may it be a fabulous growing season for you. Oh, thank you. Still here, coming up. Yes. It's the afternoon here at 3 Triple RFM. Been delighted that you can join us, and why don't you stay on, because uh, why would you go anywhere else? Mm. Thanks, Ben. <laughs> Thanks, Ken. Thanks, Jack. You've been listening to a podcast from Australia's best-known community radio station, 3RRR, 102.7 in Melbourne. For more podcasts, information about upcoming events and our live stream, please visit our website at rrr.org.au.